You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and check us out online at beardedtheologians.com. You are listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. Uh, this week on the Bearded Theologians, um, as Zach and I were talking in our uh, whiteboard session, we were talking about what to do next, and and we just thought it'd be obvious that the next step would be, as we were talking about Acts chapter 2, is to fully complete Acts chapter 2 and talk about what happens after that Pentecost experience. And so um, so as we think about Acts like chapter 2, 42 on, Zach, what are some things that kind of come to mind for you and... Um, what happens next and, and how that can relate to us today uh, as a church. Sure. Um, to give a little context, um, uh, Acts, 40, Acts chapter 242 starts with um, Peter and those guys, all of that they had talked to and preached to and who were beginning or who were believing um, begin to come together and start the church, right? They, they begin to gather in community. Um, and in verse 43 says a deep sense of awe came over them and the apostles performed many miracles, signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions, shared the money with those in need, and they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in their homes, uh, for the Lord's supper and shared meals and great joy and generosity together. Um, and that, that's kind of those next, that, that next day or those next steps, like you said, Matt. Um, and I, and I love that because it's this continuation of, it's not just the Holy Spirit coming. It's not just the, the realization of that promise and, and the, the, uh, events that happen there. There's, there's more, they keep going, they keep doing, and people come together in, um, what Acts 2 does is gives us this model for the church, uh, for this uh, community of people. And what 42 and on does is teaches us how, or teaches us what that looks like, coming together over meals, coming together over communion, um, and, and this piece of preaching and teaching, and then sharing as we all have need. Um, that, that's the church. That's our call is to come together in community and then go out into the world and and be there, be among the world, share, and, and see the needs of the world and do everything that we can to be present in that. And so um, I, I, I think those next steps, we do the coming to church okay, right? I don't know that we do that well, but we do it okay. Uh, we come to church for the most part. Uh, we don't do the going back out into the world. We don't do the fellowship. We don't do um, the communion together. Um, all that well, it doesn't seem. Um, it seems like we just stop with the communion on Sunday, but we don't go back into the world. And so this Acts chapter 2 gives us that model of, hey, these guys did it. This is where we started. Um, let's get back there, right? Yeah, and thinking about that, I, you know, that's, that's the, you know, the big Methodist buzz thing right now is this discipleship pathway. And I think, um, we're trying too hard at making something that is very practical and easy and right. contextual. And, and I think we're trying too hard to do something that is extremely easy. And I, and I think, you know, Acts chapter 20, you know, Acts chapter two forty two to the end of Acts 2 provides a really good example of what a discipleship pathway should look like is that 
you know, you gather together as a corporate community and worship right. and you worship the living God and loving God. And, and then and from there you meet your small groups to take care of each other. Um, Cause um, I read somewhere a long time ago uh, when I was in seminary, that the average person can take genuinely take care of around 25 people. Yeah. And so if you're worshiping, you know, 150, 200 people, there's no way a pastor can genuinely care for and direct and guide that many people. Mm-hmm. And so you, the, the, the next logical step is, is having small groups, vital small groups that, that do just more than Sunday school. And that's one of the things I know we're pushing here. Um, we're going to have a Sunday school leader summit here in Tahlequah. Uh, for our for our congregation to to look at um, more than just meeting at the nine o'clock hour to doing other things outside of the nine o'clock hour to be a inclusive community where people can feel loved and cared for and 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 then can help the larger community as a whole to shape and grow because people want to be a part of those things uh, as we've had those conversations the last few weeks. And what's funny is, is that like these small group mentalities are as simple as following this model in Acts chapter two. Right. Um, I mean, I, I don't understand why um, we have to work so hard at doing something that's right there in front of us. I mean, I think far too often we, we try to create something that we think is going to be a great thing. And, and then we get so flustered because we're spinning our wheels and we don't have the idea. And, and, and here it is. It's been here all along. And I, and I think if we, we want to talk about, you know, reforming or reformation or whatever we want to talk about, you know, revitalizing churches, I think it starts here with Acts mm-hmm. chapter two. Actually, I think it starts with prayer and, and being, um, I don't know if slain in the spirit would be a good thing. It's a good Pentecostal phrase. Like, like, yeah, it's a great Pentecostal phrase I have no understanding of because that's not my thing. <laughs> right. but, but I would consider having those, what I consider holy gas moments where it just fills up within you and you have to do something with it. <laughs> And you gotta let it out. But but you have to do something with it because if not, then you just get really sick. And I, I think that that could be some. There's some spiritual ties there. And yes, it's a gross statement. And when yeah, I say it, my wife put that on a shirt. Uh, <laughs> Because do you have the holy gas today? Do you have the holy gas today? Is a good question. Uh, how is it with your gas? How is it with your <laughs> the, the Wesleyan way? Of All right, Wesley, we took it, we made it better. Um, but I know, <laughs> but you're you're right. We do. We complicate things too much, right? Um, and and is it maybe it's because we live in a culture that's the next big thing, right? We have to be sensational and and create the next big model of doing things. Um, and you're right. It's right there in front of us right? Um, it's been right there in front of us the whole time. It's deep, deeply embedded in our uh, Wesleyan heritage with the class and band meetings, right? That's where, that's where we started, was in the small group uh, of five, six people, and then a, a slightly larger group of about 10 or 12, and then it went to the church. It was small groups first, and then the church, um, in, in even doing it backwards, where we have the church and then we break out into small groups isn't bad, as long as it leads in people coming into those small groups and then into the church. Right. Um, right. And, and I think that that's the thing, like you and I, we had Caitlin on a few, a few weeks ago, right, several right. weeks ago. And one of the things that, that, that I learned from them is that for them, their church started because of the free store. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the free store first, then the church. Right. And so it was a, it was a ministry that started first and then they decided to gather for worship. Right. And I think that that's, um, now, for me, I'm in a church that's 175 years old, and so the question mm-hmm. is, how do we, 
how do we bring some new life into this? And, and I think some of it is vibrant worship. And, and I think that that's the other thing that the church is missing out on is that we don't have vibrant worship. And, and you know, what's crazy is it doesn't require a smoke machine and guitars. It requires you doing worship that is passionate and people want to be a part of it. And people are leading worship in a way that is inspiring, relevant, and biblical, and can give those morsels that can lead to that next step and, and, and then have a next step. I think far too often churches mm-hmm. like, we'll just join the church and, and you'll figure it out. Like, and right. um, we, we've got to change that culture. And, and I don't know if, um, do you know what a disciple looks like? Well, it looks like Peter. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I mean, cause, cause like, that's the thing. If, if we want to talk about having a pathway we have to define what a disciple looks like. And, and to answer that question, like how do how does that work when you're talking at the corporate level, when you look biblically, that a disciple biblically is different for everyone that is called that answers the call. And so we, I don't know if we can define it in a complex defining or just having a simple sentence of someone that says someone that is living a life following Jesus. Right. Right. and so then that's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. And the way I've been talking about it here is that in our church, we have three points of entry, mm-hmm. worship, um, worship, mission, and um, uh, study. Um, and the, the sad thing is our study is probably our weakest point of entry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think eventually a full disciple is doing is a part of all three. Um, but they need those steps into the others if they haven't made that step. And, right. and, and I think that those are those simple invitations that we make every Sunday. Hey, come and join us and, and we'll help you through this. And, and I think that that's where the pastor comes in mm-hmm. is that it's our job to pastor them into that next step, that next level right. of faith. And, and sometimes it's easy and sometimes it takes a while and sometimes they're just not ready to make that next step. And that's not for us to do. That's not for us to push. That's where, go back to earlier in the Acts, that's where the Holy Spirit has to move them to the 42 movement. And, and, and that's not something that we can do. We can provide the, the entry gate, but that's really up to them to go through. Um, right, right. And, and that's, that may be the most frustrating thing, right, is, is <laughs> we can't do it for people. We shouldn't do it for people we have to, we got to keep that faith that the Holy Spirit is working and moving and growing in folks. And we're doing all that we can to foster that growth um, in, in let it go. Right. Um, And I think there's another side of that too. And this is something I lifted up to my staff this week. Um, It's not just about continually pouring out. If you're not being poured into, then you can't do that either. Cause then you're just pouring in, you know, you're just giving dust and that's not healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, where we're called to give the living water. And so you have to be poured into. And so there are things that you have to do to pour into. And, and, and for me as a pastor, sometimes that's difficult, but mm-hmm. I have, I have started, uh, whether it be through this podcast, having great discussion that you and I have had and with other people or, you know, going to events or taking spiritual retreats or doing mission trips, you know, like mm-hmm. we have to do that. And if a Absolutely. pastor's not doing that, you're doing the worst disservice you can to your congregation and to your spiritual health. And your spiritual health is almost as important as your congregations, because if you're not healthy spiritually, there's no way that you can get a congregation to go with you. And I think that does show in worship and and all that you do as as a pastor. And I think that that's important to to pay attention to. And it is, I mean, it's the pot calling the kettle black. I've got to do better. I know I have to do better, but 
as I've gotten older, I've been able to do better. Right. And we, we, we as pastors lead out of that vulner, vulnerability, right? To say, hey, here's where I'm at. And some days it's tough, right? Some days I'm empty and I'm on the verge of burnout. Um, I get it. I'm with you. You know, things aren't, aren't perfect with me either. And so here's where I am. I'm going to do what I can to be healthy uh, spiritually and mentally and physically um, in, in, you know, encourage you to do the same. Um, Cause I think far too often uh, people at our positions don't do that. Don't let that vulnerability be there. They're like, Oh, you know, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. And, and they burn out and they, and they quit or they do something unhealthy or um, they remain unhealthy. Their churches remain unhealthy and it's just a cycle. Um, but even just admitting it, you know, saying out loud, Hey, I'm not as good as I could be, right? Um, I haven't taken the time that I, I possibly could have, but I'm going to. You know, here are the things that I'm going to do to remain healthy uh, and to remain full so that I can continue to pour out uh, in the congregation, in my community, in uh, those places. Well, and and I, think you- that, I think that that's the key, is mm-hmm. that in order for us to get to 42, remember, I'm talking about Acts 2.42. Right. In order for us, one, we have to be willing to receive the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and in order for us to receive the spirit, we have to open ourselves up and that's reading scriptures and not just reading to preach. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've sat with young pastors and, and even older pastors and say, asking them, how are you engaging scripture outside of what you're preaching? Right. You know, I, my rule is, is that I, Monday and Tuesday, I'm not looking at my sermon scripture. Right. I'm looking at other texts and I'm either reading, I've got a group that I meet with on Wednesdays. We're reading through the book of Hebrews right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, that's been a great, I've enjoyed that. Um, I, I have found great life-giving experience in that. And what's great is all I do is ask a question and then yeah. we go from there. Um, and, and I think that those important things that we do to pour in ourselves allow us to have that next step moment and ask ourselves, okay, where do I need to go next? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, it's, you may not know where you need to go. And so that's where having a spiritual director is important and having someone that can guide you through what your next steps are. That's why that's important. Either a spiritual director or a pastor who that's, you know, they're, you know, there's some pastors that just don't know, but there are some pastors that that's their calling. And, you know, like, I really feel like I'm, I'm to get them to that next step. And then we try to get them in that next step, you know, try to keep pushing them forward. Um, and so, you know, like, we had Peter White on last year um, on, he wrote an article about for spiritual direction. I would encourage you to look that up or, you know, find a spiritual director to, to help you make that direction. If, if you're, you feel like your pastor is just not doing it for you. Right. Well, it's just finding that person that can push you, right. That, that knows you well enough, knows, um, knows your personality, knows your context, knows what, 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 how to push. Right. Well, and that's where like, if you look at like, so the Jesus model, you know, there's a reason why Jesus had those three guys. Right. Whereas in our, they pushed him mm-hmm. not only because they couldn't, they were inept and they couldn't handle some things, but they also challenged him. Yeah. And I think that that's a, that's a key, that's a key to having that, that accountability. Well, let's, let's use a good Wesleyan term, that accountability group of two to three people that, that can ask that question. How is it with your soul and work through those Wesleyan questions? I mean, we can go that direction or you can just simply ask the question, man, you know, what's going on? You know, have you not lived in according to God's grace lately? And right. um, I think that, that when you start doing that, it's amazing to see how your life is affected and then how you can be willing to take those next steps in, in your life and your faith. And, mm-hmm. and I think far too often um, I've been around church members that feel like it's all at one time or nothing. Yeah. So like, you're either a part of the church in everything they do, mm-hmm. 
or it's nothing. And, and so I always try to lift up those people that, Hey, you know, they may not be here every Sunday, but by God, they're, you know, they're at feed my sheep on Thursday nights. They're at, right. or they're doing this. And, and, and it's knowing the why of what they're doing, their faith, living out their faith um, is important and, and mm-hmm. connecting with them is important for them to absolutely. take that next step. And, right. you know, we could go on for days on this. Um, oh, absolutely. We could. Um <laughs> I'd like to. That's good. No, so I guess what our questions are today, um, or what are your, what are your next steps? Um, where are you um, as a disciple? As maybe you're maybe not a believer. Um, maybe you're on the fence. Where where are you going? Um, and if you you are active uh, and participating in the life of the church, um, what's what's next? Um, I, I really think that's it. You know, this uh, Acts 2.42 calls us into that community. And so what does your community look like and where are you going with it? Um, and if you don't have one, why? And maybe um, where is it? Because uh, I, know, I know a lot of folks that I meet on a, on a regular basis um, haven't found their community yet. Uh, and that's important to note too. Um, and so if you haven't found your community, you know, where's it at? What are you looking for? Because that's part of that next step too. And some of the things that we have offered here on the Bearded Theologians is some possible next steps or some possible conversations. And so we'd encourage you to go back and look at some of our interviews of the people that sure. we brought on and see some of the things that they lifted up or shared or, you know, even some of our blog posts. You know, like I said, I lifted up Peter White's blog post. Mm-hmm. Just just search that on our website. You'll find it. I can't remember when he did it, but it, it's it's been about a year ago. Um mm-hmm. And, and I know that that's been kind of a conversation for Zach and I uh, on this podcast, kind of in a long loop, is that not only that next step, but really looking at our spiritual life and faith, because that is truly an important way of living a theologically sound uh, life is, is to be grounded spiritually. Um, and I think that that's important. And so we encourage you to just go on our website. That's at beardedtheologians.com. Uh, feel free to pick up a, a, a T-shirt or a coffee mug to help support our podcast as we try to do this. Um, you know, we're, we're doing it as free as we can, but some things do cost money. And so, if, you know, any way that you could help us, that'd be great. Uh, don't also, don't be afraid to go on uh, iTunes or Google play or wherever you listen to us and give us five stars or whatever their best, uh, thing is, uh, feel free to give us a high rating and then just bash us in the, the reviews. Cause that's even funnier. Um, and you know, <laughs> Um, maybe we should do a contest sometime uh, in the future with, uh, with our reviews. See, you know, who wrote like a great review or something. And maybe that's something we'll come up with, uh, f- for the fall. Um, but we do want to remind, we do want to remind you it is annual conference season time, uh, in the United Methodist church. And, um, there are a ton of annual conferences that have a great annual gathering at various sites throughout, uh, the United States and throughout the world. And so it wouldn't be a, I mean, we've got to do a meme competition. We've been doing it for our second year. And so we want to encourage you to uh, post uh, on our Facebook page during your annual conference, uh, uh, an uh, annual conference appropriate meme. Uh, the meme that is like the most uh, will receive some kind of prizes. Maybe we'll give a first, second, and third. Maybe we'll give a, a t-shirt uh, for first place, a coffee mug for second place, and a button for third. Because we've got these really cool buttons uh i have sitting on my desk that That de-escalated quickly yes it did (laughs) (laughs) Um, it makes me feel like elementary school all over again because i finished third a lot and it was like oh here's a lot of buttons didn't you yes a lot of buttons (laughs) um but you know 
so look at that. We'll we'll post some uh, verbiage on that on our website to kind of error on our Facebook page to give some clarification on that. But we will host our annual uh, meme competition. That starts uh, actually. It will start when this episode airs on uh, May the twenty fifth. Um, and then it will run, we usually run it until the last week of July. Yeah. Um, and so we want to, you know, encourage you to share your memes of your annual conference, or if there's a, you're watching a live streaming an annual conference from somewhere else and you want to meme something, please feel free to do that too. Uh, yes, I do watch other annual conferences because I am a Methodist nerd. So for the bearded theologians, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out. We hope you've enjoyed the conversations that we've had today on the Bearded Theologians Beardcast, and we'd encourage you to continue those conversations online at beardedtheologians.com or on our Facebook page. We also hope that you pick up a couple of coffee mugs to uh, satisfy your coffee mug collection. Have a good day. Uh, by the way, happy Aldersgate Day. Happy Aldersgate Day. Is your heart strangely warm today? Either that or I got gas. One ah, two. You got the holy gas. <laughs> got the holy gas. Oh, <laughs> that's some gold blooper reel. Podcast gold, baby.